What's going on, everybody? This is Dan Goodman of the Business of Strength podcast. We just finished out an amazing week. We had our virtual spring symposium with guest speaker Joe DeFranco. Joe Riggio hit us off with uh, with some with with a masterful marketing uh, lecture on Tuesday. Adam's talking about leadership of a training team on Wednesday and the development from intern to all star team member and employee. And I finished home with, uh, with finances and, um, you know, I'm not an accountant. I'm not, uh, you know, my expertise is not in finance, uh, but it's one that, um, when we talk to fitness professionals and we talk to gym owners, it's one that, uh, people avoid and I know that I avoided it until, until I didn't. And once I started uh, really um, attacking the education and and paying for mentorship and still do pay for mentorship there, um, I started to embrace the role and our business started to move. And as they say, avoidance is not a strategy. Uh, once we leaned into it and learned about it and weren't scared of it uh, and started measuring the right things in our business, things really started to change in a positive way. And, you know, in terms of coaching now, uh, it's my duty to help others um, learn that it doesn't have to be overcomplicated and we can simplify it down so we can focus on coaching and doing the things that we love to do. And, you know, I'm not going to give away all the secret sauce for the people being respectful to the people that spent their time and money to be with us all week. But uh, this was one where we had a lot of questions, a lot of DMS, a lot of emails when the event was over and, um, thought it would be something that uh, need, needs to be addressed on the podcast. Obviously, the podcast is about providing a ton of free value, uh, value that we hope that you, you appreciate. And if you do, before we, without further ado, uh, if you could please leave a five-star review or share this uh, episode on uh, social with family members and friends and colleagues, that's how uh, the show grows. So I would appreciate that. But something that we talked about, the, the title of my uh, talk was Five Ways That Gyms Lose Money. So whether you're a gym owner, a GM, a personal trainer, somebody that wants to be a gym owner, these are five things. And I'll give a brief overview of each, but take out your pen and paper. And these are five things that you need to be aware of. All right. Number one is avoidance of a budget. You have no budget. You are, the budget is, you know, I know how much money I make on a training session. I know how much it costs to rent this space. And that's your total budget. Okay. You must go into it with a plan. The same way that we go into our personal training sessions with a plan. Of, of course, you know, I love, I love the Mike Tyson quote. Everybody has a plan till they get punched in the face. That's great, but I'd rather, you know, have a plan of execution, get punched, you know, get knocked down because there's going to be business challenges, but at least we could go back to what we know. We could go back to the technique. We could go back to the roadmap for success. You can't have an avoidance of a budget. You must have a plan. Okay. You must have a plan. And when it comes to um, <clears throat> your plan, I'm just going to my notes here. It, it should be it should have a, a few different things on it. The first thing is, is how much do you need to make? 
right? What does the profit need to be, right? If you're going to hire people, which you, sh- which you should, right? Most businesses will. What, what, can, what can we afford to pay, right? Not what, not what people want to get paid. What can you afford to, get p- to pay people? Some level of variable expense. There's going to be some a varying degree of expenses. How much are we allocated on a monthly basis for this varying degree of expenses? And last but not least, is your is the expenses you can outrun like payroll, um, like insurance, uh, payment processing fees, right? And those are the four, like pretty much the four biggest things in terms of a budget. What's the goal? What is it now? Right? What is it going to be? How many members do we need uh, to hit the goal? We know that there's member a certain number of members that leave every month. So to backfill them in order to grow, how many is that going to require? But it starts with the plan. How much do we need to make, aka the profit? What can we afford to pay? What's our salary cap? How much are we allocating for variable expenses month over month? And what are we allocating towards a fixed expense? But we should reverse engineer from what we need to make, right? And what we need to make is markedly different as a 23-year-old, as a 33-year-old, and as a 43-year-old. Life evolves, so your budget needs to evolve with your life. That's number one. And most people never, they never put a budget together. So if all you learn from this show here is pen and paper, what's your budget? What is it right now? Do you have one? If you don't have one, start with those four factors. Start with those four variables, okay? And as one goes up, so let's say you're, you're going to a bigger place, right? Then maybe variable expenses have to come down or maybe your profit margin is going to come back down. So a lot of times people reach out and like, hey, I want to buy this all this equipment. I want to move to a bigger space. Like, have we maximized what you've already got? Right? Have we maximized for profitability? Right? Cash in a business is leverage, right? Do you have enough of it? Right? That's number one. Number two. Five-step plan for, for the way that in which gyms lose money, all right? The, the, second, the second reason, they have problematic price sheets. Their price sheets are terrible. We used to, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but if you go into a gym, if you confuse, you lose, right? So we've talked about this. It's like if your price sheet looks like a diner menu, and for all the people that have been to Jersey, New York area, know you could get anything uh, on a diner menu from a freaking Thanksgiving turkey dinner to a cheeseburger to omelets to milkshakes and everything in between. You can't confuse people. Here, you know, you can come do small group personal training one, two, three, or four times per week. This is what it costs for athletes and adults. That's it. That's what we got. Right? It's not confusing. Doing business with us is very easy. Now, we also know what our budget is. We know what our salary cap is. We know what our fixed expenses are. We know what the variable expenses tend to be. And we know what we need to make as business owners. And our price sheet reflects those variables. And it reflects that budget. And I know for us early on, it was really just like, 
whatever people were willing to pay. But that doesn't make it right. Right? It doesn't make it right. If you're providing value, if you're reinvesting into yourself, if you're attracting and developing great coaches, you're doing 99% more than the rest of the industry. So you need to charge 99% more than the rest of the industry. If you're listening to this show from start to finish and you consistently do so, you're a one percenter, right? You're a one percenter. So your prices should reflect this. Now, here's the thing. If you have a super high attrition rate or nobody's closing, you know, I would... I would like to listen to your close process and your sales process and to see if it's clunky or, you know, if you're fumbling on your words and whatnot. But um, if your product is good and you have people that stay for a long time and you are getting consistent results and there is social proof that what you're doing is working, your price sheet should reflect that. So first, the, the 1A to this is don't confuse people. Trim your offerings. Right. And the second thing is charge what you're worth. Charge what you're worth. All right. The third step, <clears throat> the third step. And if you've been to a two day business of strength mentorship, I talk about um, this in um, like pitching. The third step is there's no starting pitcher, right? Or that they, they don't play offense. There's no starter. There's nobody that gets ahead of it, AKA, there's no marketing right? There's no marketing. And for, for a, um, for a new business, if what you're doing is really freaking good and you're just proactively asking for referrals, going to sporting events, going to, um, like local five K's and you're present in your community, just supporting the clients that you've got, like that might be enough offense. That might be enough starting pitching, quote unquote, to get the next five or 10 or 15 clients. But for a mature business, for a business like ours now, we have to, we have to have external marketing, internal marketing and referral-based marketing that happens um, every single day, 365 days a year, right? And that this is a very complex, and you know, Joe broke this down uh, very well on Tuesday. And we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. But the point is, is that you have to be attracting clients all the time, all the time, at every stage of the business. And when you are brand new, and you've got two or three clients, do a kick ass job with those clients and ask them to bring their brother, their sister, their mom, their dad, their friend, their whatever, make the referral process easy and go out and support them in whatever they do. And you'll get the next five or 10 clients. And those five or 10 are going to lead to 25. But eventually, eventually this little thing called, this is transition number four here, this little thing called attrition starts outpacing the growth of your business. So number four, you have to play defense, right? You have to play defense. You have to, um, you have to make the clients that you have feel the love. You have to continuously exceed the expectation even beyond the honeymoon phase of training. Defense is the number one leading indicator for this is attendance. Are people showing up? And if they're not, what happens? Are you calling? Are you texting? Are you incentivizing them with an extra day of training? Whatever it is, are you conscientious of what's happening in terms of 
the members at your gym? And are they staying or are they going? Are, is this a number that you're even measuring being attrition? All right. People, people, they leave because they, you know, they're either not getting results. Um, they feel like they can, they can do what they're, what you're doing at your gym for less, right? It's not fun. So are you doing the things? Is there some inter some level of intervention to make sure that those things aren't happening, right? Or that they're, that they're leaving at a rapid rate. And the fifth thing, the fifth thing is people focus on followers instead of money. And <clears throat> this is really for, and we've worked with um, online coaches, very successful online coaches. There's a tremendous amount of similarity between brick and mortar and online in terms of principles. The delivery might be different and the need for followers might be different. But if you're somebody that is trying to train people in person, and make money training others in person. You like Instagram followers is not the number one key, uh, key performance indicator that you need to be measuring. You need to be measuring attendance. You need to be measuring leads, true leads. You need to be measuring true consults. How many people came in and trialed what you're selling every week or in the past month? How many times did we reach out to former members last month? What does our close conversion percentage look like? These are the KPIs that you need to be looking at on a shit, on, a, on at least a weekly basis. It's not how many likes did my last post get. It's not how many views did my YouTube video get. Those things all support the process to get leads right but if we're playing if if i'm a local business owner shoot we just opened ridgewood like we are like brand new we're going to be open two years there in september and we went old school like joined the chamber donated to um the high school did local joint ventures with other businesses strategically built an email list, send to the email list, ask for referrals, incentivize the referral process, have an open house, have a happy hour. Like we did all the grassroots things to get to a hundred clients and max out that facility. We were not that concerned with how many followers did we get? I don't think I've ever looked at how many likes the Instagram page gets ever, right? And the place is doing exceptionally well. And, and I think that Instagram page has, I don't know, 370, 380, maybe 400 followers. Like, don't stress out on that stuff. This isn't a popularity contest. This is the contest is, do you have a business that fulfills you and pays you? Right. And um, likes followers and, and all these other things, they, um, they tend to feed ego more than uh, a, a healthy PL. So in the talk, we went way in depth on these five things. Um, if you're somebody that got some value out of today's show and you want to go more in depth, you could reach out to me directly. We could set up a discovery call and we can break down one of these factors in detail. 
The email is dan at varsityhousegym.com. I'd be happy to set up a half hour call with you to see how we can solve a problem, um, a business problem that is. And our next event, because a few people have asked, we have a live two-day business of strength immersion here at Orangeburg Varsity House HQ on June 8th and 9th. It's two full days where we peel back the curtain. We go over everything you need to know about how to run a successful brick and mortar gym business. I hope to see some of you there. And until next time, have a great day, everybody. Peace out.